Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 28 minutes now to 9 the time. Time to uh, time for your Mediated Conversation this Thursday morning. How often are you communicating with someone who is not in the same room, not face-to-face with you? So, for example, at the end of a day, look at the number of WhatsApp messages you have sent or received. You may find, actually, you're spending really your entire day constantly communicating with people who are not face-to-face. And this is actually a very new thing for humanity. Up until, I don't know, maybe the 1970s in South Africa, perhaps, most people in the world would only really communicate with people they were in the same room with, face-to-face. Since then, of course, well, everything has changed. First, for most people, landline phones, then cell phones, then SMSs, then I think probably Mixit or WhatsApp in particular, and Facebook. Now, of course, there's a huge choice of communications tools. But how does this change the way we communicate? In other words, how has it changed what we really say to each other? Sometimes it leads to the creation of new words, grammar changes, the actual language we use changes, but the actual meaning of what we say to each other changes because of how we communicate. This is your mediated conversation this morning. First, Stephen Ambrose is a tech expert and CEO of Dr. Insight Data. Uh, Then, Lynette Andermark is a tech expert and digital marketer. And finally, Professor Tabodet Selles, an associate professor of sociolinguistics and linguistic anthropology at the Twana University of Technology. We start then with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Good morning. Always a pleasure. 80 years ago, I think for most people to hear the voice or read the words of another person in direct communication with them would have been quite rare. How did things change when landline phones first came in? Well, essentially, it completely unlocked the ability for people to travel and to communicate quickly and effectively over enormous distances. I mean, before that, there was the telegraph and a whole lot of other semi-electronic where they were sending sort of messages in the form of essentially Morse code over an electronic line using a tap, tap, tap interrupted thing. But when it moved into the era where you could actually hear and speak to the person, obviously the amount of information that you could share jumped exponentially. You could now discuss and converse about so many different things. So it really did enter an era, we all, humanity, entered an era of knowledge sharing, knowledge exchange, and communication that completely changed things. Remember, there was radio to some extent, but this became a, a, a platform that everybody could use at some level at some time. When you spoke to someone on a landline, so it would be one person talking to one other person and and probably then doing nothing else you weren't reading a book or tapping out a whatsapp you were doing just that one thing it wouldn't have been a short conversation it would probably have been quite a long conversation i mean the phone was often if you had one in your house it was in the hall you had the conversation in the hall no i think you're actually quite incorrect there the costs and the technologies involved were extremely manual you had people on both sides You had telephone exchanges that were full of people switching wires from one place to another. So generally, also the expense, I actually recall that in some of the very early days of communication, it was enormously expensive to phone out of South Africa to uh, Mm. any other international destination. So often those communications were short, terse, and to the point. So it definitely wasn't 
a massive communication tool in terms of length and extent, but it, it's, it certainly transformed the way that you manage to get information around the world in a quick and effective manner. To speak to someone, you actually had to make sure they were there at the time. You had to catch them at home, for example. You had to catch them in the office or wherever it was. There was a sort of time problem to landlines. I mean, I'm thinking, say, for example, in the 1980s. If you wanted to speak to your boss, you would have to catch them at a particular point. Correct. You set appointments to have, uh, to have those various calls. And it, it definitely was a, an extremely structured environment. It wasn't simply pick up the phone and call. It did become that a little down the road, but people were very purposeful in their communication and the times and the manner in which they did so. So the conversation in a way, I mean, it's an interesting idea. You make an appointment and, I, and I, I'm sort of just old enough to remember some of that. So you would, you would actually then maybe have, and I, I quite like the word you use, structured. The, the conversation had a point to it. It wasn't just, I want to hear the sound of someone's voice or I'm driving home now, so I'm going to phone someone. Um, you actually phoned with a reason, with a purpose, I suppose. I recall that in those sort of situations, you actually arranged it beforehand. When you get to X, you would call at this time or the calls at 8 o'clock at night would be made to your mother, father, whatever. Mm. So it was a very structured, very organized, and, and almost seen as a privilege in some ways to be able to do so. When cell phones came in, and you could always find the person, I think when cell phones first came in, and I remember my first cell phone, um, uh, uh, you know, probably 2000, I, when I got to work, I'd actually leave it in my jacket. I wouldn't have it with me. But you could, you know, and that changed quite quickly, but you could always usually find a person and talk to them. So that changed the nature of the conversation again. Well, remember, people used to have to wait to make calls. In other words, if the line was busy, I mean, back in the old sort of landline, there was one line with an operator sharing that single line between many people. So you would have to schedule, wait, and make a call. That did change towards the end. But again, there was capacity constraints that really made it difficult for people just to be spontaneous and to use the platform really easily. Mobile completely changed that. Suddenly, the, the, the communication device became entirely personal. It was yours. It belonged to you. It sat in your pocket, sat on your desk, sat next to the bed. It suddenly became an instant communication device that allowed you to talk anytime, anywhere, anyhow, which is remarkable. Could you maybe also have gone from speaking to your boss once a day or speaking to your partner, you know, if you weren't at home, once or twice a day, to probably having several conversations. I mean, you could check in with someone sort of all the time. So you wouldn't just communicate, you know, once or twice. You communicate much more often. To some extent, yes. But again, in the initial phases, mobile communication was expensive. Not everybody had it. It wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today. So, yes, I think that many more communications were had across many more different time zones and platforms in the earlier days, but again, it remained somewhat structured simply because of the, the cost and, and the initial scarcity. That fundamentally changed in the last 20, 25 years. Stephen Ambrose, thank you. CEO of Dr. Uh, of Dr. Insight Data, really appreciate the time. You were there, SAFM, continuing your mediated conversation around how we communicate and how that's changed what we actually say. 20 minutes to nine the time. Lynette Hindemark is a tech expert and digital marketer. Lynette, good morning. Thanks for your time.
<clears throat> Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. When cell phones came in, at first you could only make calls. You could have a conversation. Then suddenly you could send an SMS. How big a breakthrough was that? Oh, massive, because, you know, you could get this immediate yes, no response um, pretty quickly, you know, rather than having to, to make a phone call for that. And uh, it was also a lot more cost effective as Steve, as um, yeah, I think it was Stephen, wasn't it? As the, the previous speaker said earlier that, you know, um, even though people just only had access to to the traditional phone in the early days, it was still quite expensive just to make that one call to, you mm. know, get a yes, no answer. And also the immediacy of it. I think that was also such a, um, you know, such a pro because if you wanted to know an answer immediately, a simple SMS, you mm. could get that. Did it mean that conversations went from being verbal to text? And this is a big transition I think we're talking about here. I mean, you could end up, you know, answering yes or no, whereas in the past there would have had to be a conversation or something. But but yes. suddenly humanity mm. is going from having a device that is all about the verbal to the written. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose this this was the, the intro to uh, proper digital transformation because, you know, from that verbal you're going to now text and it's about the quick response and about um, also making sure you actually understand what you're saying yes or no to. And, and of course, you know, that is the downside of text or, or anything digital really is, is you have to totally understand the context. But yes, it started actually getting people used to that idea of, okay, what am I saying yes or no to? You know, it forces people to actually, uh, well, the intention is to get you to actually read what you're saying yes or no to. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because in other countries, I mean, someone sent me an SMS this morning and I hadn't seen, received a, a personal direct SMS, SMS in, a while. Yeah. in a long time. <laughs> but but um, with SMSs, there were several other short messaging services. So in this country, there was Mixit, which did very well for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the service that just took over everything here um, in India, in Brazil, in some places, but not others, was WhatsApp. Why was WhatsApp adopted by so many people so quickly? Yeah, so WhatsApp was, was adopted so quickly because it's got such a simple, first and foremost, you know, coming from a user-centered design and user experience, um, you know, thought leadership, because that's my core in my business, uh, the ease of use. Because if you look at the WhatsApp interface, it's actually so similar to SMS, you know, which has been around for ages. Like, there's nothing really new for you to learn. The other big thing was that it is, it didn't matter what type of phone you were on, you know, WhatsApp is an app and it works on all smartphones. So you weren't tied into a device, you know, like back in the day, I'm sure you remember, uh, you know, Blackberry, BBM, everybody was using that, but you needed to have, you know, two Blackberry phones. Whereas with WhatsApp, you know, I was on my iPhone, somebody was on Blackberry, someone else on Android, you could talk to anybody. Also um, cost-effective, you know, because now it's cheap. You are using your data, you are using Wi-Fi. And you don't need to basically uh, incur expensive SMS costs. And um, yeah, I mean, all you really needed was internet con connectivity. And the big thing as well is you didn't need to speak just to one person. You could have group conversations. It was actually just taking that email, all of that, all in one. Also sharing multimedia content really easily because all you were paying was your data costs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, video calling, all of that. I remember back in the day, this was in... I think 2012, you know, when it when it was still developing, um, being overseas on business and, and my kids were really little and I was able to just 
you know, give them a, a quick um, call um, mm. on, on WhatsApp so easily. So, yeah, that, that's really why I think from a cost perspective and also availability to, to everyone because you just had access to it. For, for so many years, um, cell phones would come with a video call feature, <laughs> and nobody mm-hmm. used it. I mean, I never used no, it. No, it was expensive. It, it was and really then, expensive, and you were very limited to what you could do with it, yeah. And then suddenly WhatsApp came, and people were doing it all the time, and so did um, uh, Apple FaceTime as well. Yes, yes. But the like I said, the, the, the thing with Apple is that obviously it favors you if you're uh, talking to, to Apple users. You get, you know, the perks and mm. the pros of the platform. But yeah, with WhatsApp, you can basically um, have such um, interaction with anybody, you know, any phone. And also what WhatsApp has done now in, in the latest, one of the latest releases is that it allows you to share high definition uh, images and video mm-hmm. whereas previously what it would do is it would compress it so for example i mean this this used to be me like attending a conference and i want to share something with somebody i'll take a picture and you know i'll whatsapp it but the quality wasn't always great so i would still have to you know mm-hmm. either email it or, or some other way but now they've changed it in that you actually have a choice so so what's really good is that they're giving the customer a lot of choice now when using it a lot of options because they really do want to be the the number one well they already are the most popular instant messaging platform with over mm. two billion users worldwide but they want to be like your your medium of mm. choice when it comes to communication so when we have conversations on whatsapp i mean the conversations we're having we're speaking to many people at a time we're having short yep. sharp conversations and it's communication i mean it can feel to me and and i was sort of slightly astonished when at the end of yesterday i went through the whatsapp conversations i'd had i mean it's literally communicating all day all the time yeah it is i mean it's absolutely amazing when you actually look at your time spent on your phone you know at the end they, they give you a, a um a summary of, of the time on all the apps and and you know almost all the time it is it is whatsapp because you pick it up so often and and quite often i mean i'm sure you know first thing in the morning when you get up as well you pick up your phone and um uh, you know obviously if you've got the notifications that you've mm-hmm. gotten uh, a message that's the first thing you are looking at so every time somebody is, is picking up their phone they, they're literally going into whatsapp mm-hmm. because and this is the other thing as well that, that you know, was touched on earlier is that you don't have to wait for somebody to be available to WhatsApp them. Mm. You can send it at any time and, you know, depending on the person's settings, uh, if they're not available, then they won't receive that mm. notification because you can't set all of those things. But you can literally contact anyone at any time and people can re- reply to you at their convenience. Mm. And I think that is the big thing as well is. You know, if you're busy in the meeting, you don't have to immediately reply. And it's it's, it's understood as well. You know, yes. I think with, with the communication, people have this underlying understanding of when, you know, if somebody's not available, that's okay. If, if you can't do a voice call, that's also okay. Mm. You just basically mm. just send a message and guaranteed you are going to get a response. What also helps as well is that you can check the statuses. Again, it's, it's part mm. of your settings. So you can see whether your message was delivered because sometimes with SMS, you couldn't quite tell if, yeah. uh, you know, it's only like after days or hours, then you get a message saying wasn't able mm. to be delivered. With this, you, you, can, you get a tick to say it's been delivered and two ticks if, uh, sorry, two ticks if it's been delivered and it changes to blue if somebody has read it. So yes. you actually have that feedback without somebody even giving you feedback. 
Lynette Hindemark, thank you. Tech expert and digital marketer, really appreciate the time. In a moment, here on SFM, Professor Tabodet Selep, the Professor of Sociolinguistics and Linguistic Anthropology. How does how we communicate change what we communicate? Our conversation this morning, 12 minutes to 9. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Eight minutes to nine, the time. Continue your mediated conversation about how how we communicate changes what we communicate. Professor Tabodet Sellers, an Associate Professor of Sociolinguistics and Linguistic Anthropology at the Tswana University of Technology. Professor Tetzele, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, good morning and thanks for having me, Stephen. So I'd imagine the language, so what we actually say to each other, it must have changed as a result of how we communicate with each other from a, a phone conversation, sometimes a long phone conversation, to short, sharp, continuous WhatsApp conversations. Uh, yes, you know, the advent of technology has influenced how we communicate. I mean, uh, these days when you communicate uh, at any one point, you could be engaged in other activities uh, compared to yesteryears. I mean, just imagine, um, I mean, I can imagine someone who was driving a car, let's say in the 1930s, uh, they didn't have a radio installed in their car. Uh, they didn't have Google Maps in their car. So all they had to do is focus on driving. But today it's different. You know, you could be, you know, uh, looking for, you know, f- uh, directions on your Google Maps. You could be taking a phone call while you're focusing on, on, on the road. That surely will influence the length of time that you will spend on a phone call, for, for, for instance, especially if you are driving in an area that you're not familiar with. Obviously, if it's uh, an area that you're familiar with, you're likely to have a longer conversation because you're comfortable in that space. I've noticed sometimes we'll be having a conversation with someone on air and I'll think to myself, this person is distracted. I can hear their indicator going on and off in the background, yes. things like that. But then that must also change if they're not giving the conversation on SAFM their full attention. It must change what they say. It must mean that what they say maybe is less valuable. Um, yeah. And you, you, I mean, the, 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 right there, what you said, I mean, yesterday when you gave me a call, I was in the middle of chairing a meeting. I was short and sharp to the point because I had another thing that I had to do at that very moment. So, you know, things that happen around us influence how we we respond. And like you say, you are able to pick up if someone is paying attention to what you're saying or if they're not paying attention, you get that just from how they say what they say, how they respond. Do you think that our conversations and our communication just doesn't matter as much as it used to? I mean, when someone, I get irritated when someone's not giving me their full attention. I'm sure there are people who get irritated when they feel I'm not giving them my full attention. It is it is quite irritating and annoying if you're trying to have a conversation with someone and they are not fooling, they're not giving you their full attention. You know, it's like they're not respecting your time. Um, but what, what can we do, Stephen? Uh, you know, the advent of technology has given us, you know, the very conversation that we're having. How does this all affect language? So, for example, WhatsApp allows emojis. Certain words become contracted. Words change their meaning. And I think it's often because of how we use them. In other words, because WhatsApp has a certain nature to it, it changes language in particular ways. Uh, yes, it does. And it, it even influences how we do not respect domains. Uh, I mean, as, as a university professor, 
I do not expect my students to be saying certain things to me, either in class or even when they write to me. Um, you know, unlike in the past, where the the, the influence of like uh, you know we're just talking about WhatsApp, you know, uh, you know SMS language that we take to to certain domains when we we do not. I, I mean, I, I mean, let's take a word like guy, right? Guys, hello, guys. 30, 50 years ago, you wouldn't say hello, guys, to your to your parents. But today, standard, your children can say hi, guys. You know, saying that to their mother and their father. That's how language has changed. That's how the context of words have changed over the over the years. Has it changed in all languages or only some languages? Imagine just the the familiarity, the constant communication, maybe, and the, and the way that society has changed. Maybe means most languages have changed in this way. Well, all I, I would I would suggest that all languages have changed. It's just that the degree of that change would differ. I mean, in South Africa, we communicate by far in English. Even people whose, whose first language is not English, you know, they communicate in English. So they tend to display those mannerisms through English less, or you know, less in their home languages. Um, I suppose if your if your home language is English, then um, you know you, you you don't have that multiplicity of options because that's the or language that you mainly communicate in. Um, it's interesting this idea of being in continual contact. I mean, you'll see. I mean, there are more cell phones than there are people in South Africa. I think almost uh, yeah. it's a large number. Um, and and people who can grow up almost far away from each other, but because they're related, will know each other so well. I mean, the way that we communicate has changed so dramatically. And I'm interested in this idea of continual, continuous uh, communication. It must change humanity fundamentally from where we were. Ah uh, yes, even I mean, you, you, you. I mean, in the past, you probably only spoke to people that you personally knew. Uh, in, you know, in the majority of cases, but today you can have a twenty-year relationship with someone that you've never met, that you've only seen on uh, Teams or on Zoom. Uh, and then you have a you know good you know, long distance relationships you know they they exist because of the type of technology that that we have so it's not that you've seen this person uh, uh, you know in person if that makes sense um, it's how familiar you are with this person that you are free you say what you you know, something that you'd say to your friends and acquaintances you'd even say to someone that you've never met because of the advent of technology in the era that we live in. Do you think the rate of communication will only speed up? I mean, WhatsApp is sort of almost free now. Um, it won't be long because we are just communicating. I mean, the only time we won't be communicating is when we're asleep. Of course, it will change. It's inevitable, Stephen. It will change. I mean, we now have, um, you know, artificial intelligence. You know, it's taking us in different directions. You'd be aware that recently there were fake adverts on, on you know, on, 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 on the Internet of people who were purporting to be saying something that really wasn't, it wasn't them. So it's inevitable, you know, as we grow, as our technology grows, uh, there will be, you know, influences on how we communicate, communicate a bigger part in, in the future. Um, it's, it's interesting then, because I think this informality is going to change as well. In other words, we're going to have a lot, a lot less formality. And I think that's also part of how language and societies have become more democratic. People are treated equally in the old days. It wasn't like that at all. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I, 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 you know, just now I said that how the word guys used today, uh, it's not how it was used. One can only, uh, you know, imagine that going forward, 
you know, the communication space is going to get less and less and less formal and more and more and more informal. So it would be okay, you know, at some point, I don't know whether that's going to happen in my lifetime, mm-hmm. where a, a grade seven learner would say, uh, how's it my chomi saying to the principal? Mm. And the principal would find that to be to be normal, to be, mm. you know, acceptable. You know, uh, we, we get in there at some point or we will get there at some point. Professor Tabo thank you. Associate Professor of Sociolinguistics and Linguistic Anthropology at the Tswana University of Technology. My thanks also to Lynette Hindermark, a tech expert and digital marketer, and Stephen Ambrose, a tech expert and CEO at Dr. Insight Data.